0: That Traflon Show, episode 48. Hey, what's up, everybody? Welcome back to That Traflon Show, the podcast presented by ScientificTraflon.com. I'm your host, Michael, and today's episode is a solo episode, which is all about running well off the bike in your triathlon races. So we've had a lot of interviews recently, so it's been quite some time since I last did a solo episode. And also, since the interviews have been running a bit long, I haven't even been able to answer more listener questions on the show uh, while in in the intros or outros, as I used to do a while back, just because I don't want to make these podcasts run too long. But uh, that said, I have been answering them on emails and on Twitter. So just because you don't hear them on air doesn't mean that you shouldn't keep sending them in. But today I get to one of those listener questions, and uh, it's such a big and important one that it merits an entire podcast episode of of, of itself, and that is. How to run well off the bike, simple question, sent in by Clive from Cardiff, Wales. Thank you, Clive, for the question. And uh, yeah, as I said, it's a simple question, but uh, we'll take a deep dive into some of the most important variables for when it comes to running well off the bike. And I thought that it would be great to start off by just very, very quickly bulleting out the uh, main points that I will make and then we'll dive into each one of them in more detail so the cliff notes if you want for this episode is first practice you need to practice running off the bike a lot and second pace the run and the bike well there's a very true saying in my opinion that goes bike for show and run for dough and uh, that's often the way it is in triathlon especially in for age groupers many go too hard on the bike but also for the pros especially if you look at the ironman world championships that that's definitely a case of most pros bike for show and run for dough <laughs> uh, or i should say they don't they do it wrong they don't adhere to that to that saying they they go too hard on the bike and then suffer on the run and uh, miss out on the dough second no third sorry is uh, a biomechanical tip i don't want to go into too many of those because it has been proven time and time again that running biomechanics is pretty individual but one thing that has been shown is that when running off the bike a lot of people lean forward too much at the waist and this hurts their biomechanics so don't lean forward run up right run tall as i like to say and the fourth point is energy and hydration on the bike also on the run but uh, if you get to the run depleted on energy and and hydration then then you're in trouble especially in longer races so make sure you get on top of that and finally the fifth point is to get strong on the bike that will help your running off the bike as well all right so uh, first just a brief background what happens really when you when you run off the bike why do you go Well, not as fast as you'd like to in these triathlon runs compared to your open runs. Open 10Ks, half marathons, marathons. And uh, one of the main points is that, um, of course, fatigue, general fatigue, and in some cases also energy depletion play a big role, but running economy is another factor. And fatigue, again, general fatigue affects running economy. Also, aspects like increased core temperature have a big part to play here if you have already gotten an an elevated core temperature then it will usually cause you to not get as much benefit from uh, from the energy that you that you get in that you produce from your oxygen uh, to what you get out of your running so that's running economy it's essentially the the cost of the oxygen cost you you could call it so uh, there have been some studies on it, and one review article by Millet and Vlek in uh, British Journal of Sports Medicine uh, found that the increase in the energy cost of running or economy cost of running varies from 1.6% to 11.6% and is a reflection of triathlete ability level. So at the very high end, the increased uh, or reduced economy is very low, 1.6%. But uh, when you when your abilities decrease when you go down back to the pack, then it increases to a whopping eleven point six percent, which is a lot. Eleven uh, percent doesn't really sound like a lot, and when we talk about percentages in in general in research, you find that something has a two percent benefit. It sounds a little, but when you start doing the maths and calculating how many minutes it may be over an Ironman, it's it's a lot. Uh, and uh, this review study found that most biomechanical parameters are unchanged uh, unchanged so the the increased uh, or reduced economy is not because of biomechanical parameters mostly the one thing they found was again as i mentioned the forward leaning trunk being the most common issue so going back again to those reason, reasons why your economy is reduced it's not biomechanical mostly but it's uh, fatigue maybe overdoing the bike and increased core temperature ITU athletes suffer little or no loss in efficiency and you would assume that this goes for uh, long course pros as well uh, but in ITU studies uh, athletes there has been a study that confirmed this and uh, would publish results, results based on a world cup race in 2009. So what happens in a nutshell your running economy is reduced when you run off the bike for several different reasons including fatigue and increased core temperature. So let's go into what you should do to reduce the reduction in economy and run better off the bike. Okay, so the first one is practice. You have to practice. And uh, when you get closer to your racing season, maybe two months out of your first race at latest, but it doesn't hurt to do this throughout the season, I I would say. But you got to practice at least weekly doing brick workouts. It doesn't hurt to do it twice a week depends a bit on how much you train of course but uh, if you train a fair amount then twice per week is uh, probably preferable and make your brick workouts specific with at least not every single one of them need to be but a lot of them should have race intensity on the bike whether it be a continuous kind of race intensity effort or intervals and the run as well make include some race specific intensity in that brick run maybe starting out at 5 minutes at race pace and then and then going back to a bit slower than race pace just to make sure that you don't get yourself overly fatigued if you do a lot of training but you need to you can't do every single brick workout an all out time trial that's the point i'm trying to make but you need to include some race intensity to to m- practice and teach your body how to handle that stress because it's very different running off a hard bike than running off a very easy recovery ride and uh, there are a few different opinions i think that a little goes a long way so a 10 to 20 minute brick run will give you plenty of stimulus but for some people it may be useful to do longer bricks and this is something that we talked about in episode 19 with eric schwartz who is a very good coach and a great runner of the bike in triathlons so he gave the advice that doing long brick runs uh, and he has found, found that useful so that's something to consider trying out as well again my personal preference is doing a bit shorter 10 to 20 maybe 30 minutes this is going to depend on the distance you train for but a little goes a long way is my philosophy it's not necessarily the right the only right solution though okay point number two pacing you should know what you can realistically sustain for the run and have a plan for how to how to really make sure make sure that you don't run too fast at the start and uh, and then fade away and maybe even uh, have to start walking especially if it's a long long course race that there'll be a long day out and you lose a lot of time and there are studies two studies in triathlon that have shown that negative splits in run in the run portion of the triathlon produce faster performances in uh, both elite triathletes and in well-trained amateurs and these studies all the studies that i mentioned will be linked up in the show notes if i can remember if not then uh, send me an email and i'll uh, dig them out for you i noticed when going through some of my old show notes that i have mentioned in some cases that i'll include include links and i've forgotten some of those links but i'll do my best to uh, put remember all of these these uh, references that i mentioned and include them uh, yeah so those two studies both of them found that uh, that negative splits in the run portion produce faster performances so that's something that everybody should shoot for and even though those studies have been done with uh, really well trained from well trained and above triathletes i think it's especially important for beginners i know myself that i could even though i i'm pretty good at negative splitting or doing very doing very even splits uh, i know that i could for the olympic distance which is my uh my specialty my favorite distance uh, i could do a positive split and still run well just hanging in there for the last 5k and not lose too much time maybe but but i think so i think for beginners it's especially important to to aim for a negative split because beginners don't necessarily have the same perception of pace and may do too much of a positive split if that happens and then really really slow down on the second half and of course fitness plays a role here as well if you fade you really fade or even if you bunk so start conservatively and if at an appropriate point into your race you feel that you have it in you to push it then just go for it but uh, you will feel this and having trained for it really helps you helps you know when the right time is to push it. So let's talk a little bit. I won't go too much into this, but uh, I want to briefly mention what kind of uh, rough guidelines for intensity intensities and tra- zones or intensity factors that you should be, should be running at for different distances. So for a sprint triathlon, zone four or five for intermediate and advanced triathletes, definitely an intensity factor if you use training peaks higher than one. So that's higher than your functional threshold if you're a pretty quick runner and uh, closer to one if you're more intermediate. And uh, a guideline for beginners that might be be more useful is uh, five to 6% slower than than your open 5K time. So if you run your open 5K time, now I'm going to use slightly faster paces because it's easier to do the math. But if your open 5K time is... 20 minutes, then 21 minutes would be a five percent difference, and that would be what you could aim for for your triathlon 5K. Uh, but again, for less fit athletes, the differences might be a bit bigger, so maybe, maybe seven or eight percent or something. But the point being that you shouldn't let the differential become too big, because that means that you're either severely undertrained or you have gone too hard on the bike. For an Olympic distance, depending on your ability level, again, high zone three to zone four. So, a good advice piece of advice here would be to start in high zone three, and uh, then. But if if you're really good, really a quick runner, then you can go right up to around threshold. So, an intensity factor of around one, one hundred percent of your threshold. And again, I think that the 5 to 6% slower than your open 10K holds true here if you're relatively well trained. So this means that if you're a 40 minute open 10K runner, then 42 minutes would be a good time to shoot for in your triathlon 10K with good training. So uh, to give an example of pacing here, and I'll for the. For my American uh, listeners, I have actually made a c- calculations here in uh, in mile pace as well for once. So if you're running at a 7-minute mile pace, then you should add, for this 5% difference, 21 seconds per mile. And for in-kilometer pace, these are not exactly equivalent, I just took random, random paces. But if you're running a 4.30-kilometer pace, then add 13 seconds per kilometer. All right, moving on to a 70.3 or half-distance triathlon. So for intermediate triathletes to advanced triathletes, mid to high zone free, an intensity factor of around uh, 0.9. If you're really advanced, then going even higher to towards approaching 0.95, 95%. For beginners, decrease this slightly, maybe to 85% or 80, 87, 88%. And again, really important here to consider doing a negative split, start conservatively, especially for those beginners. But I think that 90% of your functional threshold, an intensity factor of 0.9 is a great starting point for most. And in terms of percent percentage differences compared to open half marathons, a 6 to 10% uh, differential would be a good guideline. So an example here would be If you run a 1 hour 40 minute open half marathon, then you would, with an 8% differential, for example, run a 1.48 uh, half marathon in your 70.3 race. Finally, for Ironman pacing, beginners should definitely limit it to zone 2 or even zone 1. Maybe insert regular walking breaks of 30 seconds or so every 5 minutes. That could be a good option. And uh, for quite a long ways into it, until you really feel certain, then you might be able to increase your pace a bit if you want to. But the point being here, start conservative and then reevaluate. maybe at the halfway point or even later. Remember that a marathon really starts at 30k. That's something that I learned from many years in marathon running. And for advanced athletes, then zone 3 um, is probably possible to, to hold but uh, at the lower end towards your aerobic threshold. Intensity factor guidelines, 75 to 80%. And uh, again, for percentage guidelines, my personal opinion would be to say a 15% differential for the average age grouper. I know that in triathletes training Bible by Joe Friel, he has a guideline of 20%. I personally think that seems a bit high and also looking at some... uh, data from, from races and from just forum discussions on slow which, for example, that 20% seems high. That, to me, seems to indicate that you have overcooked it on the bike. That would, for example, mean that if you run a 3.30 open marathon, you would add 42 minutes to that. So a 4.12 full uh, Ironman marathon. And uh, yeah it might be maybe for beginners the 20% is realistic but if you're an intermediate triathlete and and have been training decently for for your Ironman race I would say that 15% is better to shoot for and for the pros if you consider them few of them have actually run open marathons so it's difficult to find any data on this but my estimate is that the differential between their open and Ironman marathons is probably around 15 minutes or even closer to 10 minutes for some so even for 15 minutes for a 245 Ironman marathon that is still below 10% around 9% and if you get closer to that 10 minute differential you would get to maybe 7% or so so that's it for pacing pace conservatively with a negative not necessarily conservatively but aim for a negative split if you're a beginner yes pace conservatively in my opinion negative splits is good for everybody and for these um uh, zone guidelines intensity vector guidelines i will have links in the show notes or we will mention these in the show notes and i also have a great table that i link to uh, that has specific time times to shoot for depending on open and uh, open half marathons and marathons and what that could translate to in terms of your half distance and full distance uh, run splits Okay, moving on to the next point, running form when running off the bike. And again, as I mentioned, it has been proven many times over by research that you can't really improve your running economy or your run pace by doing too many active interventions to change your running form. That's not to say that you shouldn't work on running form, but uh, it's always you always want to be careful with dishing out advice on running form. So there is one main point here that I want to bring across when it comes to running off the bike. And that is that many, including myself in some cases, when you run off the bike, you lean forward too much at the waist. And I think one thing that I do regularly, very regularly, is I try to run past a place where I have big windows so I can look at my profile mirror image in those windows when i'm running just after coming off the bike and that will tell me whether i'm leaning leaning forward which i shouldn't or if i'm running upright and running tall as i that is my mantra run tall and you can use run upright that you can also try to yeah i I would say that run tall if you run tall run upright if you if you stick to those mantras then you will do well but try to run past windows and look at your prof- your mirror image from a profile view in those images to see whether you are leaning forward because you don't really know it if you are you think that you're running normally but just because of having biked before and being being in the biking position maybe in your error bars if you're in a tri bike that makes it difficult to run upright as you should after when running off the bike and then another point on form is just relax. Stay relaxed. Don't tense up. Uh, this is especially common to happen in your upper body, your shoulders, your back. Try to relax. Maybe shake out your hands, let them hang off your side for a bit and shake them out. That will bring some relaxation back into your upper body. And finally, for form, cadence. For some, I won't take a stand here on cycling cadences although i'll talk about them in a bit i think that whatever works for you and uh, as long as you practice your race cadence and your running cadence you're good but for the run cadences what happens when you have too low a cadence is that you tend to overstride and become very inefficient so i find at least that in my triathlon 10ks compared to my open 10ks my cadence is probably even higher in triathlon because my my hips are a bit tight after biking so I can't do as as long long strides as I usually can do even though I don't overstride, but when running fast you need to have long strides as well so I compensate by slightly increasing my cadence and really running like a Duracell (laughs) machine if you know what I mean if you've seen those commercials Uh, but so I just looked at my data from my races from uh, from this year and last year and these are from both sprint and olympic distance races and this year i have been running at cadences 190 192 192 and last year it was 190 188 and 190 so for my key races i didn't look at all of my races but uh, so that is that is a fast cadence that's a very fast cadence and and that's something that I think that you should be cognizant of, especially when running out of T2, to try to keep that cadence up. But that means whatever is, is high for you, relatively speaking, you can't just go straight from 170 to 190 if you're accustomed to running 170. But having that mindset of running at a slightly higher than normal cadence, I think will help your running form and running more efficiently so the next point on the list for running well off the bike is the bike leg and there are several things that come into play here pacing bike for show and run for dough. as i mentioned you you can do a really good bike split but then if you fall fall off the pace on the run and really fade and have a poor final time what's the point of that great bike split a triathlon is swim bike run it's not have a great swing split and have a bike great bike split and then just fade to a poor run performance it's your final time that is a triathlon and you can't look at these elements in isolation you need to consider all of them and if you bike so hard that you have a poor run then i think that your triathlon performance has been poor as well if you if you look at it from a kind of a critical point of view but but, but when you want to have a good performance you need to have a good run performance as well and that means that you can't just overcook yourself on the bike and this is something that happens so often that i have a pretty strong standpoint on this topic that uh, so many people overcook themselves on the bike that this is something that i want to really really emphasize that it's okay to have a two or three minutes slower bike split than normal if that allows you to have a much better run split that more than compensates for for that slightly slower bike split and you'll find that by just slightly slightly reducing your intensity on the bike you might the time differential might be very small actually because the it it might be that that you're actually not going that much slower at all on on the bike so try it out and uh, remember to bike for show run for dough or don't do that but yeah do that I, I'm always confused by that same. you should run for dough so that means having a good run the next point that I want to make is I lost my show notes here one second all right here we go uh, hydration and energy intake on the bike as well as on the run but uh, but if you're already set up after the bike then you have that much greater chance of having a good run and I won't go into detail on this I will just reference A few episodes that we have on these topics. So, those are episodes 40 with Jesse Kropolnicki and 41. The episode 40 was especially as it pertains to half and full distance triathlons, both energy intake and hydration, but in general as well. 41 is also a great one with Ted Munson from Science in Sport. And we talk about both everything from sprint to full distance triathlons and energy and hydration in all those distances and then the next episode episode 49 will be on hydration so that and sodium in your hydration that that is a teaser for for the next one so make sure you tune in for that and make sure that you get your energy and hydration right on the bike let's talk bike cadence there's a lot of talk going on about if you have a higher cadence then you will run better and uh, i was looking at the studies and i could find three of them Two of them found no difference in running performance if you had a higher cadence versus a lower cadence. And all of these studies used three different cadences. So a preferred cadence and then a high cadence, which was, uh, depending on the study, 15 to 20% higher. And then a low cadence, which was 15 to 20% lower than the preferred cadence. Actually, one of the studies fixed the cadence, which so it was a 60, 80, and 100 RPM cadence. But the other ones were... Preferred cadence with either 15 plus minus percent or 20 plus minus percent. So, uh, as I mentioned, two of them found no difference in overall running performance. However, they found that during the first 500 meters of the run, uh, it was easier to run faster, or the participants ran faster and had a higher stride rate, higher higher cadence on the run as well, which uh, might be beneficial. You might get into a good groove, and uh, but again the overall point is that it wasn't shown that the overall runtime would have been any faster with a higher cadence than a lower cadence the third study and the, these first two studies by the way were by bernard in 2003 and then by let me see two in 2005 and i'll link to them in the show notes I don't think it, it hurts your run to have a higher cadence, but uh, but the question becomes, does it hurt your bike or make you slower on the bike, I should say. So again, this is where practice comes in. See what works for you. Uh, just don't take any single cadence at face value or any single piece of advice regarding cadence at face value, but see what works for you and what makes you run well. And the third study did find an effect on performance, and that was the one with uh, they had a 30-minute a high intensity cycling effort at preferred cadence and also then at 20% faster or 20% slower and then a 3200 meter run at race effort or a time trial essentially after after that bike and they did find uh, an improved performance with the normal and the high cadence compared to the slow cadence i don't remember actually which one was faster of the uh, of the normal and the high cadence but they were not significantly different statistically significantly different uh, but uh, yeah the 3200 meter run time averaged nearly a minute faster after those uh, normal and high cadences compared to slow cadence so that is a big difference and uh, running cadence was uh, significantly larger as well after normal or slow or high cadences compared to low cadences. Uh, other than that, uh, not too many things to report on here. Looking at my show notes, this study was done by uh, Gottschall and Palmer, and again, it will be linked to in the show notes. Twenty percent faster and slower cadence on the bike. To put it in perspective, if you if your preferred cadence is ninety, then twenty percent of that would be eighteen, so that would be seventy two and one hundred and eight. It's a pretty big difference but it's in line again with the other studies so it would be interesting to see studies done with just a 10 percent difference which i think would be maybe more beneficial because if you if your preferred cadence is 90 then you might be able to do 80 realistically but not 72 i think that's too big of a difference but those limitations apply to those other studies as well my point here is that i don't think that you really can say anything about whether cadence is Good or bad or a certain cadence is good or bad for your uh, for your run based on the available science but the point is that you should practice 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 and see what works for you so you can do your own study with an n equals one experiment on yourself all right the next point is really really short get strong on the bike this will help you on the run period and it will help you maintain a higher intensity on the run so uh, yeah the more you train on the bike and train effectively not just go out and plod along that will help your running and the final point is bicycle geometry and specifically the seat tube angle this is a study from the journal of sports science by Garside and Doran and they found that a steeper seat tube angle uh, leads to more relaxed hip angle so they tried two different uh, angles for the seat tube 73 degrees and 81 degrees and they completed a 40 kilometer uh, cycling race or t- time trial and then a self-paced 10k sorry the for- the 40 kilometer bike was uh, it was not a time trial it was um, a pretty high intensity effort but uh, not a time trial but then followed by a 10 kilometer treadmill time trial for the run and they found that the steeper seat tube angle was uh, significantly faster when uh, they had that compared to the to the 73 degree seat tube angle. And the improvements in performance were most prominent during the first 5 kilometers on the run. Let me see here, I have in my show notes the results if I can just quickly find them. Yeah, so it was 42.55 for the steep seat tube angle for the overall 10k. As an average and 46.15 as an average for the uh for the for the um for the smaller c-tube angle so so that's a big difference that's a very big difference and uh the p-value here was uh, less than 0.01 so it's a clearly a statistically significant difference here and uh but then again in the second half of the race the differences were much smaller and not statistically significant the most of the difference came in the first half of that time trial i'll just look through my show notes here to see if there's anything more interesting from this from this study and no differences in physiological variables were noted although heart rate stride length and stride frequency frequency were increased during the 81 degrees condition again easier to maintain a high stride frequency with a higher seat tube angle and all tri bikes will have a steep seat tube angle already but if you're doing a draft this actually this study applies very much to me because i have a road bike when i do my draft legal racing uh, which is my primary focus and and i have i don't have a steep seat tube angle so if i would have some cash to spare then for me getting a draft legal bike with this steeper seat tube angle would definitely be beneficial and give me an advantage on my run. All right, that was it for the tips that I had. Again, just to recap, practice, practice, practice. This is the number one tip. You need to practice running off the bike and do it race specifically. So race intensity on the bike and run. Pace, you need to know what pace you should run and then stick to that pace. Try to do a negative split if you're a beginner, run conservatively and remember bike for show, run for dough. Form. Be careful not to lean forward at the waist after getting off the bike. And see look at your profile image when you're running past windows to make sure that you run tall and upright. Energy and hydration on the bike. This is important, but again, go to episodes 40, 41 and the upcoming 49 to learn more about this. Get strong on the bike. Super important. And finally, seat tube angle, which I actually forgot to mention when I uh, did my cliff notes at the front of the episode. But uh, this is a a minor point, but for some, like for me, it can be important. So that was a doozy. It took me quite some time to prepare this episode, which uh, makes me silently thankful that. uh, I often can rely on my guests to run the show for me (laughs) but as I said before it's great to use these episodes as an opportunity to deepen my own knowledge and have a good solid session of going deep digging deep and researching these subjects. The show notes as I mentioned will have all details links and they will be on thattriathlonshow.com as usual and I'll link to that cool half Ironman and Ironman pacing table which I found incredibly useful and it's quite a, kind of kind uh, of on um, not so easy to find so I encourage you to go and have a look at that send me your emails with questions like we got this question from Clive and uh, I can answer your questions on the show make an entire episode of it if needed my email address is michael at scientific that's michael with a k or you can send me a tweet on at side triad, and I'd like to once again ask you to share this podcast with your friends. Many of you have already emailed me, telling about have you got your entire training group to listen to the show, which it just warms my heart, and uh, I'm thankful to the nth degree to those of you that did that and sent me sent me those emails. Uh, so please keep telling your triathlon buddies about it, and even other endurance athletes, because there is a lot of episodes I believe that will benefit any endurance athlete and not just triathletes but especially runners and cyclists probably on monday we'll have andy blow founder of precision hydration on the show and we'll talk sweat sodium cramping and of course hydration until then bike for show and run for dough and as always keep training smart and keep loving triathlon